Welcome to the Film Coterie. I'm Roger. I'm Adam. And this is episode number 77, our John Wick 3, and a surprising new segment, brand new segment. How are you, Adam? Good, Roger. How are you? I'm doing well. If, if people are tuning in to the Film Coterie podcast for the very first time, which after three years, you need to be connected to us, man. I'm telling you. What, kind, what is this podcast, if they're wondering, what, what are we about? We are a general movie podcast. We review the new movies as they come out. We cover film festivals. And we do a lot of stuff with the local film community here in Columbus, Ohio, especially at the Gateway Film Center. Yes. And we are by and far the best movie podcast on the internet. <laughs> Self-proclaimed. Self-proclaimed. I don't know that I can stamp it with that. Uh, I'm just messing. Yeah, so we lo- we're just two guys that love movies, and um, we've been doing this podcast for about three years, and we just we love to talk about film and things that are related to film, and we'll kind of connect with that in our second segment. But we have a movie to review. Each week we go and see a movie or two, and then we bring a podcast and give you our thoughts. We try to stay spoiler-free unless the episode title says spoiler cast. You'll know that we, we'll, we'll kind of... Uh, dance around the major plot points and just give you kind of our thoughts that direction. But uh, yeah, that's yeah, what we so are. our next spoiler cast will probably be Spider-Man Far From Home. Unless you really feel like we should do a spoiler cast for The Lion King. I mean, here's the deal. The episode will be a spoiler cast, even without the title. <laughs> the because Lion King. if you freaking haven't seen the original Lion King <laughs> and you don't know the story already... And the music. Tough luck for you, you right. know? <laughs> so we're just going to talk completely spoiler cast <laughs> The Lion King because you, you need to go see the cartoon before and you And we get... have to compare it to the cartoon. Exactly. So. You have to compare it. Sorry so. if we spoil The Lion King for you in the yes. future. <laughs> what, what kind of society do we live in where people are so spoiler crazy where we have to apologize for uh, maybe potentially spoiling something? I well, hear this on podcasts all the time. Yeah, you don't want to make anyone mad, but we got through the big era now because Game of Thrones is over. Yes. The Avengers saga is starting anew. So outside of maybe Rise of the Skywalker. Yeah. There's nothing else to really spoil right now. Yeah. And I guess we could even talk Game of Thrones. That was that was an interesting last season, wasn't it? That'd be friend? an own separate podcast for that episode <laughs> and season. <laughs> Oh, man, yes. Yeah, I, I would love to talk about it, but this the, the show's over, man. There's no we, no reason to talk about Game of Thrones anymore. Not until the books come out, and George is taking a sweet time on that issue. And, <clears throat> okay, I'm just going to go there for just a quick second. I'm kind of glad now he's taking his time because I see what the product is like when it's rushed and tried to be finished early. <laughs> and he got a free, like, crowd reaction. He now knows that if any of these were his idea... How people reacted to it, so now he can adjust. Exactly. Smart man. Yeah, it's just mass market testing. Absolutely. So anyway, I think we should jump into our first movie, John Wick 3. Why don't we take a little listen to uh, to the movie? We'll be right back. You're listening to the Film Coterie Podcast. You do realize that I'm management now, right? I'm not service anymore, John, so I don't go around shooting people in the head. I'm not asking you to kill anyone. I just need you to get me to him. To who? Your old boss. You want to kill Barada? I'm not going to kill him. I just need to talk. 
What could he possibly give to you? Guidance. Look, I made a deal when I agreed to run this hotel. And that deal said that I had to follow the rules of the table. If you're not gonna kill him, he is gonna kill you. And then probably me too for walking you up in there. All right, we are back. And now we're gonna talk about John Wick, Chapter 3, Parabellum. This series has to be driving the OCD crowd a little bit crazy because every title is different enough it's not going to look right on your DVD shelf. We had John Wick. <laughs> we had John Wick Chapter 2. Now we have John Wick Chapter 3 with a subtitle. So it's just not going to line up any way you do the, you know. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So this is more John Wick. I'll say that if you love the series, you're going to like this one. If the first two have not somehow managed to sell you on the chaotic, action-filled John Wick series, this one's not going to sell you either. I, I would agree, and and these are fun, these are fun action rides. I mean, this is just going to be, <clears throat> if you like the first two, if you like the gun exploitation that these films are, these are right up your alley. You know, uh, part of me thought, well, you know, maybe this whole series is a little dated because really the gun martial arts stuff that's really a kind of a 90s genre but man these have been some great movies some yes. fun fun kick back your feet and just see how in the heck is john wick gonna get out of this mess or this situation and and i think each film has brought something a little new a little unique they have slowly world built you mm -hmm. know created this world um, they may have teetered on overdoing this world a little bit in John 3, but we'll talk about that later. But yeah, initial thoughts for you, Adam, watching this film. Yeah, so plot-wise, I'll say this might be the weakest of the three. Um, it sort of spins its tires a little bit, but it's still fun world-building. And the action's really good. This starts strong and finishes strong. It's a little, little lengthy in the middle there between some fight <laughs> scenes. But they really have some... A lot of fun of what you'd expect. There's a fight in a weapons museum early in this movie that might be the, the highlight of the whole movie. Yeah. It, it literally, uh, for those of you who saw John Wick 2, I'd say this movie takes off exactly yes. where John Wick 2 ends. I mean, literally to the second picks up. And uh, no spoiler, if you haven't seen John Wick 2, tough, I'm going to spoil a little bit of that movie. Yeah. Um, John well, why don't you, um, maybe for listeners who have not seen the John Wick entry, um, you probably don't want to listen to this podcast any longer, but Adam, why don't you set the stage, explain the premise behind this series, kind of what's going on, and like, a, you know, give us the elevator pitch here. Yeah, so John Wick, I've seen it described this way before. It's like if kids were playing assassins, they have these very elaborate rules, like you can't shoot me if I'm touching home base. Right? It's like a kid's version of Tag yes. in the in the backyard, except these are assassins, and their home base is a Continental Hotel. Right. They have these elaborate rules. They, they trade gold coins for services and favors. They have these markers, which are life debts yeah. that they pay off to one another. And this has just been a revenge saga. A dog was killed in the first one, and people are still paying the price for that dog's death, even in Part 3. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And so um, part of the things I love about this world is... It's set in modern times, you know, in, in, in modern times, but like the hotels have this old 20s feel to them. Very, 
unique looking. They have speakeasies. They have speakeasies, yeah. and they have hidden hidden little areas where you can get equipment and stuff. And uh, tailored suits that are bulletproof. Yeah. So this, there's a lot of very kind of fun. Uh, plot devices in this film that really kind of appeal, if you like the action genre, it kind of appeals to you. And one of the things I will say about Keanu Reeves and his performance is you're not going to get a lot of depth with Keanu Reeves' performance, but one of the things he's great at is being a sponge. He's able to take everybody else around him and just bring it onto himself. And so he he kind of pulls out of other actors and actresses and stuff, kind of their, their a, a better performance from them. He's yeah. kind of like a blank canvas in one sense, but I, and normally that's in a bad, that's a bad thing. But in this series, it's good. It, it, I don't know. It just works for him somehow. It just, he doesn't, he never overacts in this film, in this series, not once. And he often quite underacts, but it kind of works for me at least. Well, it works for the character, too, because with John Wick, we don't learn anything about that character from that character. We learn it from the people around him. They're terrified of him. He used to be the greatest hitman ever. He retired. He's now back in. The Russians call him Baba Yaga as the as the person you would send after the, yeah. the boogeyman. Yep, absolutely. And the action is still good. I mean, this is a movie that's known for its headshots, and someone actually did the count. At the end of this movie, he's killed 299 people. Just him in these movies, so his kill count is higher than Freddy Krueger and Jason Voorhees and Michael Myers combined. <laughs> All combined, huh? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, once again, the returning cast, uh, Ian McShane plays Winston. He's having more fun in this series than you see him have anywhere else. Yes. He loves the character Winston. He's all cheese, but it works. Yep. And then you have the Bowery King, which is kind of the underbelly of New York City. And we still don't know much about this character. It's no. still to be developed, I think. But it's played by Lawrence Fishburne. And a he, reunion from the Matrix. Yeah, and there's your Matrix reunion. I was absolutely it was what I was getting ready to say. Um, uh, Lance Riddick is a great character. As the concierge. Yeah, plays the concierge of the hotel. He gets more to do this time, which I was glad to see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I kind of... I kind of thought he doesn't come across as an action guy, you know. See, to me, he looked uncomfortable with the gun in his hand. But that's just, that's just, I'll just leave it there. Um, and then we have some new Halle Berry is added to this. And, She's management. Yep, and Asia Kate Dillon from Billions, right? Yep. yep. And, uh, you know, and, and both both of them really, you know, they bring a little bit to it. It's, they're not asked to do anything spectacular. The one thing they still don't answer is management, if you watch these movies, and that would be Ian McShane and now Halle Berry, and there was a management character in part two when he got to Rome. They're the only ones that call him Jonathan. They all three call him Jonathan. It's a management thing. It's just a weird little huh. tick in this world. Interesting. Everyone else calls him John. So so plenty of action, plenty of revenge. I thought, you know, I'm just going to say this is not spoilery. I thought this was kind of a trilogy and they were ending this series. And I'll just say this. They may end it here, but it's literally just can, can continue on and on and on. I mean, they really continue. A fourth one's been announced. We can oh, talk okay. about that. So it's in the news. Yeah. John Wick 4 is coming. Yeah. And so um, and there's more room. There's places for them to go. What's interesting, if you go back and watch the whole series, I recently did this. The first one is a standalone film. It doesn't really set up anything. It builds this world. There's no cliffhanger, and there's no clear sequel building. Right. Here on out, we're definitely getting smaller chapters in a bigger story. 
Yes. They're very aware that there's something later coming. They're building the things. I think it matters which characters he happens to spare in these movies and leave alive. Okay. I think some of them are going to come back. <clears throat> oh, yeah. And he doesn't spare very many. There's always one or two in every movie. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so overall performances, you know, positive as far as that goes. Great crowd movie. Yes. This is one you want to see in a packed house. Everyone oohs and ahs and has a good time. This is also the funniest of the three, I think. Okay. Intentionally. Yeah. In what way for you? The jokes. There's there's some funny things set up. I mean, the crowd was laughing more instead of just reacting to great kills. Yeah. There were more <clears throat> punchlines in, in the combat or funny things that happened. It, it To me, it seemed like in John Wick 1, it was very take, taken very serious, no humor. Yeah. He is just a man grieving the loss of his wife. And something horrible, you know, his his dog is killed and he snaps and it's payback time. Right. The second one, they try to go to a grander scale. Yep. And they introduce a little sprinkling of humor, it seems like. But they tried to make it a bigger, you know, there's more than just New York City, other places in the world. We're going to go to Rome, the Vatican, all this other stuff. And that was really worked for me, too, because the direction was great. You never really got lost in the spacing. This one tries to constrain, tries to constrain or to come in, yeah. starts very grand, and tries to slowly compress until we end in this kind of a state-of-the-art building floor with some really unique visuals and that kind of thing. So it's just kind of the exact opposite feeling for me. Okay. Well, something else we should point out. Mark DeCoscos plays the, I guess, lead villain in this one, Zero. He's another hitman that's hired to hunt John Wick. <clears throat> He's actually playing a fanboy of John Wick. There's some interesting commentary through him on the, the franchise as a whole. Yeah. So it's something to watch for. Yeah, and 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 uh, yeah, you, again, he's one of those that are set up to continue to be a part of this saga. You know, potentially, so, potentially, yes. So, um, I, it's a fun ride. It's a summer movie. It's you know, and for a rated R movie, it's continued to do. Each one's making more money. Yes, they've almost doubled the previous performance on opening weekend. So, Lionsgate was not shy about opening the checkbook for a fourth one. Yeah, and the stunts are all real. Um, on Twitter, if you look it up. The guy that did some of the animal stunts, because now Halle Berry's got two German Shepherds that are pretty good. He said all the stunts are real. The dogs are really running up the walls and doing everything they see. They... The stuff with the dogs is great. Yeah. Those are the best trained dogs in the world. And the horse stunts were real. Yeah, and the horse stunts were And, you know, I was in the trailer, I was really leery about this. I saw the horse in the trailer, and I was like, oh, man, they've jumped the shark. You know, but it works. It actually <laughs> yes, it, it does you know, work. It, I mean, there's some great chase sequences in this one. They're doing more in the streets. Yeah, absolutely. So I think they're building. They're getting better. Um, they're fun. If you're not into violent action, not to be taken seriously, nobody takes the. These are not serious. These are like you said. If kids were kids grew up and they decided to make a, a tag your it, but yes. only it's by assassins killing them. Yep. And what's all the funny rules. That's kind of, it's a fun check your brain at the door. Enjoy the ride. A lot of action, a lot of oohs and ahs. I think it's a crowd pleaser and I, I'm going to recommend it. Yeah. And I'm, I'm very happy with the series. I mean, I'm a fan and they've been keeping the core staff together through all these movies, writers, directors. So hopefully that, that stays the same on board. Yep. I mean, that's what's kept a very consistent quality through there. And I'm kind of hoping um, for John Wick 4. 
I want to go visit the world of the Bowery King and let's explore that the underbelly of New York right. City. Right. We've had a lot of the Continental. We've only had a little bit of the high table. We saw more of them in the second movie. In the second film, yes. So we don't really know what's up with the Bowery King and his kingdom. Yeah, that would be a lot. Or of other fun. elements. There's other elements introduced here with um we didn't talk about her, but Angelica Houston. Oh yeah. Reveals some of John's backstory about where he may have come from as this orphanage. Yes. And there's that room would... to explore that. Yeah. So so they keep expanding this world and keeping the story fresh. Um I the I would I'd recommend them. They're, it's they're good series. If you're a fan of that kind of genre, that action, you know, that 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 violence, that that kind of stuff, I think you'd really like it. So. And you do have to watch them in order. Oh yeah. This isn't like a Fast and the Furious where you can jump in at any moment. No, you got to watch one and two and then get three. So. Yep. All right. Well, that's going to be two thumbs up for us. Um, when 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 we come back, we're going to uh, and we're going to have a special brand new segment uh, about a popular uh, pop consumer culture, electronic consumer electronic deal. So, you're listening to the Film Coterie. We'll be right back after the music. And we're back, and this is the Film Coterie Podcast. We're going to jump into consumer electronics because there is a film bleed over into that. And last week, the Oculus Quest came out. Um, this is not going to shock anyone, but Roger and I both happen to be giant tech geeks. <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> we can't resist a new product. Yep. And uh, so we got, we each got one, and uh, uh, it's it's the first of it's the first. Not the first, but one of the first generations of standalone VR headsets with controllers. Right. There was the Oculus Go. Uh, it was a lower-end model. You could sit and play with it, but it had limited movement, and it was really just for watching videos or interactive experiences. The Oculus Quest, which has just come out this past week, is an all-in-one, untethered, everything you need is in the box, yep. no computer needed. Yep, no PC, no wires, no limits. That's their slogan, you know. Yeah. And it's it's literally fantastic. They have a real high-end phone chip or a next generation phone chip in that does the programming. And it Adam, it's 1440 resolution for each eye. Right. So it's like we're getting like two and a half K or three K resolution potential here. Um, and processing power, they, they've they've compared it to the Xbox 360. Yeah, but I'll say there's. Let's get into some of the games. But I'll say that what I experienced, <laughs> the graphics, I was blown away on a few things. I, I was totally blown away. I could not believe how how well it worked. Um, the 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 quality of it is incredible. Like I said, no need for. I mean, normally to get into decent VR, you're spending a grand or better on a PC. And then four to six hundred dollars for the VR equipment. Then a hundred dollars for the controllers. And then a hundred dollars. So, so you and you're then you're going to be a, tethered to a device. Yeah, you're looking at fifteen hundred to two thousand dollars, 
and you're hooked by wires to a device. And for the moving around, I've seen people do setups in their own home where they have to run the wires up to the roof and then down so that you can at least move without getting tethered and tied up. What the Quest does is it removes all of that, and the entry point is four three ninety nine, four hundred bucks. Right, and that may seem expensive, but to people that have dabbled in VR, such as myself, this is a quarter of the cost. Oh yeah, that you would be paying for the previous generation, and that includes the the Oculus Touch, con- the two controllers that you use, and those controllers are amazing. They use like high-end infrared sensors that mm-hmm. so it literally knows exactly where your hands are. The There's movement. six cameras on the Quest that pick uh, up the interaction. Oh, and it's, that's another thing we didn't talk about. Is the old yeah. the old versions, you had to set up these tracking stands. External and stuff. cameras. Yeah, external cameras and stuff. So the thing that excites me the most is that this device is room scale. This means there's a guardian system in it that when you first fire it up, you see the world in black and white. You're looking through the onboard cameras. Yeah. And then you paint on the ground your play area. Oh, yeah. And you see a grid come up from there. And as long as you're in the area, you can move around freely. You're actually walking around in the virtual universe when you're walking in the square. And the second you step out of it, you're back in the real world. Yep. Yeah. So so let's talk a little bit about some of the reasons, some of the games that are we've really enjoyed, and then how it, some, how it ties back into eventually movies and stuff as well. Um and we'll save our one game. We'll mention it last. Okay. But uh, initially, what are some of the games, Adam, that just were, you were blown away by? Uh, I really like Super Hut. So I'd played the PC version. In VR, this is a game where you're kind of a polygon assassin, and you're fighting <laughs> these red guys in white space. Right. But everything is in bullet time, like the Matrix. Everything's slow motion, so you can grab a gun out of midair. You can yep. bend over and dodge bullets. It literally feels like you are Neo in the Matrix. Yes. I mean, so there's your first movie tie-in right there. You get that actual feeling. It's very fun because you can freeze and then kind of gently look around, and they're not going to move. Until you move. You, as soon as you start to move, they're coming towards you. The thing that blew me away about this game, because sometimes you're not just using a gun. You're throwing an, an axe or a knife. I'm right-handed. I can't throw a knife in this game with my left worth a damn, just like I would in real life. So I'm usually in the game tossing a knife from my left hand to my right hand, catching it, and then throwing it at a guy across the room. It's amazing that way. And so um, uh, another game that's fun is Robo Recall. I've liked it very well. That is a... A wave of robots that keep coming after you over and over and like over. Like iRobot. They like need to be I retired robot. and you have to put down all these robots. And the and the, it's, the graphics are really good for it. I yes. mean, that's a step up from what you're going to get with um, uh, with Superhot. So. Um, Beat Saber is a lot of fun. Beat Saber is It's a musical so game. Fun. If Guitar Hero was played by a Jedi at a rave, you have two lightsabers, a blue and a red one, and you're slashing these boxes that are coming at you to a beat in a specific direction, and you're dodging yeah. walls. Beat Saber is good enough. They're actually putting it in arcades now. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Then, of course, you have your Dance Central and you have your Creed, your boxing game. I bet that's pretty good. I've not played Creed uh, yeah, yet. I, I've heard a lot of good things about Moss, too. That's kind of like an RPG, and I've heard really good things. That would probably be my next adventure uh, into it. But we have one game that really ties us back into the movies we haven't talked about. Share that with them, Adam. It was a launch day title called Vader Immortal. Oh, yeah. It's not from EA. It's actually from Industrial Light and Magic. And it's way more than a tech demo. I was kind of worried it would just be a tech demo. It's a game, but you can't die. (laughs) It's an interactive experience, but importantly, you come face-to-face with Vader. I'm going to tell you right now, 
if you if you grew up like I did, and Empire Strikes Back is like the seminal movie of your childhood, right? <laughs> I mean, and you grew up with the 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 original trilogy, and you're in a virtual re, re, you're in a virtual world that's realistic. I mean, they went into it's not like polygons or anything. They no. went in. It's it is lighting and texture and voice and, acting. And voice acting. You're in a spaceship, and you see that door slide over, and you see down the hall the shadow of Vader, and you hear the breathing, and the breathing gets louder, <laughs> and the stepping gets louder. And then when he steps up, I mean, his seven foot tall frame, he steps up and you're literally looking up and he's a foot from you. And we did realize we were testing this. The the rift, I'm sorry, the quest replicates your height in games. We've had oh. tested this, that if you look at the floor settings, you know, it, it said I was 1.7 meters tall, which is right on the money. So it puts you at that height level in these games. So that's my height looking up if Vader were to be up in my grill. Oh man, it is heart pounding. Very fun. Like you said, it's it is a ride along adventure. Yes. You can't really die in it. But you know, and it probably would take if you rushed through it and knew what you were doing, 25, 30 minutes. The first time I played through it was more like 40, 45 minutes. Um it's just a chapter one. Yeah, and it's just and, and we're gonna get more chapters and it's canon. Yes. It is considered Star Wars canon and it really kind of made me want to go back and watch the episode one, two, and three, or specifically three, because there's a tie-in, because no spoilers here, but you kind of land, you begin your journey in Mustafar, mm-hmm. which is the volcano planet that created and made Vader, you know? And that's where his castle is. And that's where Vader's castle is. And so and there's other ties into uh, Rebels. Yes. In some of the comics. Yes. So. Yeah. So, so... Let me, I mean, let me jump back a second. Yes, go ahead. This is a $10 experience. It's an amazing playthrough. I've played through sections again um, for friends. I've handed them the headset and loaded up the Vader sequence so they can just have them walk up. But you start in your own spaceship in this game. You're in a smuggler ship. Oh, yeah, so fun. You can explore. There's tons of Easter eggs on you the ship. You have a droid sidekick, of course. Voiced by Maya Rudolph that does a good job with the oh, droid. so great. But just to get pulled out of hyperspace and see a Star Destroyer come overhead, I mean, you're literally looking up at the shadow of this thing coming over. Yeah. And stormtroopers burst through the doors. I mean, there's so many just impressive sequences yeah. in this game. Now, I will say this, Adam. The, 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 the quest comes with built-in speakers, but it has these high-end audio ports. And I've not used those yet, but I want to do the Vader Immortal yeah. and plug in some good headphones and see if it really changes the effect or the sound at all. So, And you do get a lightsaber in the game. It controls really well. It's cool to use. Yep. And that's the replayable part. You can do the chapters again. Or you can just go to a dojo and practice with a lightsaber as much as you want. Yeah. So for $10, I think it's a good spend. I mean, it was jaw-dropping to me in terms of the graphics. And just it, the experience being a Star Wars fan to be in these scenarios. Yes. And so, you know, that that's kind of our movie tie-in. We're going to start to see this crossover. You know, we had Super Hot, which had the Matrix-type feel to it. Then we get an actual Star Wars game, mini-game, yeah. anthology or story. And then on top of that, there's a lot of social stuff with VR. There's a big screen where, right. where you can invite your friends and you can sit in an actual movie theater and you can display content from your from your computer or from another device and stream it up. And it's the one theater you can talk in. Yes, and you can turn around and talk and socialize. Um, there's an app called Rec Room, which is kind of like a 
Facebook for VR. You go in, you interact, you get a friends list, you make friends, you play games together, um, do things that direction. So I, I'm very, very excited. I'm all in on the Oculus Quest. I'm all I'm all in on the cutting the cord, I'll, I, because this is this is the initial fifty game launch. They're only going to get better games and more movie tie-ins and, and more, and more movie tie-ins. Yeah. Yes, uh, I've played with this thing every single night, you know, and it's still fresh and new. There's a lot to try. Every everything surprised me. I'm very happy with the spend. Um, you may have some questions because the lower end model, the three ninety nine one, is sixty four gig. And then the, for hundred dollars more, you get one hundred twenty-eight gigs, so double the hard drive size. I, I don't think the hundred twenty-eight at this point. It might be two years from now, but I probably will be buying Oculus Quest Two in right. two years. You know. And the nice thing is, because there's an app on your phone or your smart device that lets you manage your library. Yep. So if you need to make room, you can always delete <laughs> games from the, the headset and put them on later. And there's some fun if you like the if you love if you enjoyed the Nintendo Wii. You're going to love this. This is way even better. Way huh? even better. There's a cartoony sports yeah. game where you can play tennis and bowling and baseball. Um, Let's just talk about this. I mean, I don't think we've specified how great these controls are. The Wii relied on what we called waggle. Yeah. It was just an accelerometer. It didn't really have precise distance or anything else. When you're in these VR games, you can see your hands replicated one-to-one. Oh, yeah. They move as fast as your hands. There's no lag. There's no delay. I don't even know how it pulls it off because it's a camera translating that action in game and it's instantaneous. Yep. So when you're playing with a racket, you actually have to hit the balls back. It's not just an accelerometer that tells the system you took a swing. Right, exactly. And yet if you have your racket real low, you're going to miss them. You have to put the yep. hand where the ball is. Now, there will be two knocks I have on it initially, and this is just first-generation stuff. Number one, some of the games are not super great. Like there's a game called Bait, which is a fishing game. And it was novel and it was fun. And it was free. And it was free. And thank goodness it was because after a couple hours, it kind of the effect wears off. And I will notice I've, I do a lot of regular fishing, you know, bass fishing where you're casting all the time. It's not nearly as sensitive or accurate. I really had a lot of trouble. It's like you can only cast one or two distances really far or medium, or you, you can't, like, there's no touch there, you know. And then the other knock I would have is the battery life of the Oculus Quest itself. Um, I, what would you say it is, an hour tops, hour? No, I've, I've played two solid hours. Two, so, two solid Two to three hour. is what they say. I would say two would be the closer, and not, I, I don't think you could get three out of it. I We haven't. Well, gaming. Gaming, yes. If you were doing some of the other apps, like watching a movie or something. Oh, yeah. You might get the With less processor there. power, yeah. So I, Yeah, because I've noticed that, like, my son will play it, I'll play it, and then my son will play it, and we have to charge. Yeah. You know, kind of a thing. But that's another thing with VR, though. It, it is harder than normal gaming to play extended. Right. Um, I did two hours in Super Hot, and it took a lot out of me. I was... Oh, yeah. You get a little bit of eye fatigue. You know, you, you yep. feel... You definitely and, feel it and, more. And there's a... Um, roller coaster game that is just fun you just ride a bunch of roller coasters i love it but i discovered one of the co- and you can pick your track and then the kind of cart you want one of the carts has an engine built into it and if you squeeze the your middle finger it actually will gas up and you can go faster you can accelerate so i held down that sucker and went as fast <laughs> as i could and i started i got motion sick i just got really yeah. sick to my stomach and i and 
literally for like a day later, I could not ride any roller coasters at normal speed. <laughs> I would start to get sick again. So you can push the limits and... But but I you know I have outside of that I haven't gotten any motion sick at all. Yeah, I've not had any issues with the motion sickness. Now there's a couple types. If you get motion sickness from like found footage movies or from normal video games, you may not be able to do the Oculus. That's a right. motion sickness they can't get over. There's a new one that's come up in VR that they refer to as when you lose the room, you can feel sick. Now when we say you lose the room, you're walking around, you're turning, you're interacting. Two minutes in, you're going to forget the layout of the room or which way you're facing. You just completely lose your orientation to the yeah. real world. Yeah. And sometimes that can mess with people's brains and make them feel sick. If that's the type of motion sickness you get, they say putting a fan in the room helps because you that fan is blowing on you from a specific direction and you keep the orientation of the room in your head. Yeah. And I've noticed when you draw your layout, your guardian, you know where that is in your room. And so on occasion, you'll get close to that layout. And so if you just throw your wand out or your controller out or put your head out closer, that shape will pop back up. And then you can kind of orient yourself. But if you have a perfect square. But if it's a perfect square, yeah, you would not be able (laughs) to. You're not going to remember which way was which after two minutes in. Yep, absolutely. So I'm I'm huge on the Oculus Quest. I think it's great. Let's say this too. Roger and I both wear glasses. Yes. And it's it's for me it's working fine. There's they they gave you a glasses spacer just to give yep. you a little extra room and I've had no issue. Yeah. And you whatsoever. have very small wireframes and yep. I have big plastic honking glasses here and they work great. No problem. I even have bifocals mm-hmm. that are built in and it took a little adjusting of the headset cuz at first I got it and I was like I, I I it's not clear unless I tilt my head way back and I realized I had the headset on to as if I was reading. And so when I adjusted the headset down a little bit, then it came into my regular view, and I haven't had any trouble at all with focus. They are coming out later with prescription lenses that you can put yes. in. Yes. But with the, it works fine with glasses. I'm not likely to spend the money to get the prescription lenses yeah, at this point. I'm not either. They work fine with my glasses. So. And one last little movie tie-in here. I played the Exorcist game, and I'm only one chapter in. It spooked the shit out of me. And a horror movie has not done this for a while. Hey, folks, I'm going to tell you right now. If it spooked Adam, that is this crazy, scary game right I have there. four more chapters to play. I've only done the one. It's based around the events of the first Exorcist. And I was just in a church by myself. Now, I'm playing this in my office at night alone. Of course. And it's fine when you're going through the church the first time. But when you come back out in the level, the church is all dark. And all the stained glass has gone red. There's just red light coming in everywhere. Oh, my gosh. And then there's something hunting you and saying in your ear, like, I'm right behind you. Statues are moving. Pews are flying up in the air. And the lights keep going off. So nope. it it, it nope. got my heart racing. I'm not, no way will I ever play that So I game. think horror is going to be very effective in VR. Yeah, I, I would agree, and I will never play that game. I can tell you <laughs> that right now. I'm a big enough scaredy cat at the regular movies when it comes to horror, let alone that. So Oculus Quest, um, that's our little little segment you know pop we'll do this whenever there's a movie tie-in we don't mind stepping out of film specific you know no. so i love it i, I recommend it i think you and it's so well. portable you could take it anywhere um i'm going to the overlook film festival next week it's coming in my luggage yeah because i have a bigger room with a lounge oh absolutely so we're gonna make a guardian zone and play some oculus there awesome all right that's gonna wrap it up let's do one quick segment uh, we'll come back and do our coming attractions and how you can get a hold of us and all that good stuff you're listening to the film coterie podcast we'll be right back after the music
All right, we're back. We're wrapping up our episode. Uh, things to look forward to. So this week, we're recording on a Sunday. This Thursday, which is June, I'm sorry, May 28th. Right. Or 29th. I'm flying out to the Overlook Film Festival <laughs> in New Orleans. So make sure you're following me on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, both my personal account, which is at AT Barney, and our Film Coder account, at Film Coder. I'll be posting stuff from the festival and doing capsule reviews of the movies I see. Excellent. Yep. And uh, our, what's our coming attractions, Adam? Godzilla we're seeing this upcoming week. That's right. King oh, of the Monsters. I'm looking forward to God. I, I'm a big kaiju man. I love kaiju films. And uh, I have probably, on my Plex drive, I have acquired over the years, I bet I have 40 or 50 of them. I just love them. They're and cheesy. I, I don't care about them being cheesy. This I new installment them. is directed by Columbus's own Mike Doherty, who gave us Trick or Treat and Krampus. There you go, man. So that, what could go wrong there? It's got to be And I'm awesome. looking forward to it. <laughs> I am too. All right. So uh, how can they find us on the social interwebs there, Adam? Yeah. Our handle is at Film Coterie on Twitter and Instagram and on Facebook. If you just go to facebook.com backslash Film Coterie, you'll find our page. Sounds great. All right. Check us out. We'll see you next time on another episode of the Film Coterie Podcast.